Welcome to Real Estate Talk, where we share everything about real estate and home life. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this week's show, and be sure to rate and subscribe to hear the latest episode. Oh, isn't and, that crazy? And, the, and then we went to, uh, we, and they went to the forum, and I went and saw her there, and I said, and I walked up to her, and I said, Miss Allen, and she said, Hello, Sean. You know, she did, she remembered. She remembered you. Well, only because she knew my son. I think that's okay. Why. So that we helped. Put the two and two together. Yeah. I was shocked, like, how many that's years? So Twenty-five cool. years isn't later. Isn't it amazing? That it still remembers you. Hey, to me, it's it's kind I of. I her. You know, but. Let me to hold it. Remember your teachers, but you, you think with all the students they have, hundreds of students, thousands of students. I know. It's interesting when our children start having the teachers and the doctors. I'm like, and everything that yeah, we've had. And we, same, right? It's like, yeah. oh, my gosh, there's yeah. another gray. Yeah. Something not working right? No, no, no. It happens to me all the time, actually, what you guys are talking about. I um, first job was at Chick-fil-A at the Avenues Mall, 100 years ago. <laughs> and uh, the manager still owns. Uh, You're too young to be smart about 100 years. I know. <laughs> that makes us 150. Right. <laughs> well, Joel Parker still owns that Chick-fil-A. You didn't want to use time, that screen? No. Every okay. Every time, because you guys sound great. Every okay. time you um, uh, see him, he always says, hey, Elliot, and asks me how I'm doing, and I'm just like, I wasn't even there that long. I must have made some kind of impression. You were in high school. So was, was that your first job? That's my first job. Yeah, so you always make an impression. And, and Nancy Allen, her pictures, that was her first class, too, with her first class year uh-huh. class. So I know she didn't forget us, because when we went to the State Forum, one of the State Forum, Parker won the Forum. Oh, wow. So she was really elated on this. Yeah, first your teacher. Yeah, first your teacher winning. Your students, you were one sure. of the state. That's kind of the epitome of Latin teachers, you know. For That's awesome. Forum, so. That's so awesome. Wow. Okay, you ready? We're recording. So oh, so we're just chatting. You can actually edit this all back into it, because this is kind <laughs> of interesting. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go ahead and get started then. Today we have with us an engineer, nuclear physicist, a physician, scientist, a teacher, innovator, entrepreneur, and philanthropist. And that's just one person. It's my pleasure to welcome today Dr. Sean Periani. So today we're going to talk about health. When you don't feel well or you have a toothache, you know, minutes can feel like hours when you have a toothache. And it's usually on the weekends. So you just plain feel miserable. Well, today we're fortunate to have Dr. Periani with us because he's going to talk to us about the importance of taking care of your oral health today so that you could avoid future diseases throughout your entire body. So obviously, your oral hygiene affects your whole body, which some of us may not have known. He's a fascinating man who moved here from Florida, from India, at the age of 11. So that pretty much makes him a native of Florida. Oh, we'll call you a native of Florida. So in 1983, he joined his father, and Dr. Scott in a practice, and he helped found the Florida Radiology Oncology Group, which was F-R-O-G Frog. That's how I remember it. Now, I know Dr. Pariani as a radiation oncologist, but he's currently also a clinical professor at Brooks College of Health at University of North Florida, and he's just, I mean, I thought he had retired, but this man doesn't, he's like the Energizer Bunny. He just keeps going and going and going. So, uh, when I ran into him recently, because we actually went to high school together, um, he was telling me about 
his new venture, which is in, in the medical world, he's now founded Gentle Dentist USA, where I just walked into this place, and uh, you don't know that you're walking into a dental office because, first of all, there's a little cafe out there, and they're serving coffee, and everybody's super friendly, and I, I just... I just thought it was pretty cool. Now, Dr. Periani is also married to Dr. Sharon Periani, who's a pediatric infectious disease specialist, and they have three kids. So I'm just thinking, I'm blown away. It's like, so what do you do to relax? <laughs> I go to the beach. Uh, this is our dream, isn't it, when we grow up in Jackson, I like to live on the beach. So yes. I live on the beach. I go to the beach. So you go to the beach. Relaxation every morning. If I miss a walk on the, uh, in the morning on the beach, then I take this opportunity. There you go. Now, are your kids, are your children here? Uh, just my daughter, Lisa, is here in town. The uh, other two are um, uh, uh, traveling jobs elsewhere. Okay. Uh, Lisa is a um, yoga instructor, and so she teaches classes, and actually to mostly older individuals uh, at retirement communities like Del Webb. Um, so that comes from actually teaching me. Because I can't do the, any of those young moves anymore, all the sure. poses that they do. So, so we told my sister and her uh, and I take a private lesson from her. And we told her you need to kind of tone it down a little bit for the <laughs> for the older generation, if you will. Sure. And we're not flexible. That, yeah, we're not as flexible. So she came out with actually some exercises that are geared towards uh, people who are not as flexible, and she's very popular with that crowd. That would be awesome. I'll have to I'll have to check it out. Definitely. So let me ask you. You came here at a very early age, at eleven, right? Yes. Do you have any memories of India? Oh, uh, a lot. Uh, and I've been back uh, many times. Uh, so when I first came over, we used to go back almost every year because I had my grandparents still in India, and my, many of my relatives are still back in India. So uh, we've gone back uh, quite frequently. Uh, so it's India has changed also since uh, obviously since I was there. Growing up, uh, but yeah, I have some fond memories of India. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I consider Jackson to be my home. Well, like I said, once you have been here since you're age 11, um, and he's only 20. But <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so you've got all these medical degrees now. I mean, I, it was like who's who in medical history. It's like it's amazing. So tell me a little bit about your first practice. Um, what specialty in healthcare was it? And tell me a little bit about that. So my father was actually a radiation oncologist and helped found the, one of the first cancer centers in Jacksonville, Baptist Medical Center. And so I looked up to my father and wanted to follow his footsteps. Uh, actually, on summers when we were in high school in, at Perry Parker, I went and worked in his office, uh, oh. like an orderly, you know, for, for mm -hmm. you know, um, transporting patients and talking to patients. And I loved that atmosphere of, um, you know, friendliness that they had there, even though they were cancer patients, what I noticed was they were all happy when they left. They were kind of sad and fearful when they first came in, mm -hmm. but when they left, they were all happier. So it was really a kind of a happy place to be. So I really liked interacting with those kind of patients. And so that's what the career path I chose and became an oncologist myself. And after my training at the University of Florida, at medical school and Stanford University in California, came back to Jacksonville and joined my father in practice in 1983. That's, that's fascinating because it reminds me of a story that actually my husband told me once. He was a pharmacist, and he got out of pharmacy for the opposite reason because he said it was like he, he was always dealing with people who were ill and sick, and it was depressing, so he wanted to get into a, a happier profession. So he left that, became a stockbroker. But <laughs> <laughs> well, 
<laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess. But that's interesting because um, I would think, especially when you're a cancer patient, you really do have to keep your spirits up. Yes, and so I think people think of oncology as kind of a depressing field. Yeah. But it's not from a, um, a, a professional side. Uh, and it's really rewarding because you take patients who are, as I said, are fearful and sad mm-hmm. when they come in. And then, you know, you make them better and you kind of uh, elevate their spirits. And we also have a little bit of levity goes along with that. You know, at, at uh, this place of work. So we formed this frog which was kind of our uh, acronym of our name, but we had kind of frogs and frog-like things everywhere and kind of cheer people up. So it was kind of a fun place to come and uh, kind of holidays we would dress up, you know, and kind of get the patient to try to dress up. And so we did lots of fun stuff for the patients. So it kind of took them out of the atmosphere of, well, I'm sick and I don't feel good into, well, I look forward to going to this place because these people are nice to me. And then all the patients appreciated even though we couldn't cure everyone, we certainly helped everyone to get better. And so all patients were very appreciative, I believe, in all the, all the uh, things that we did for them. Um, so I think it was, for me, it was a, a very rewarding thing to go home every night and say all the people I've affected was a positive thing. I look forward to going to work every day. That's, and that's important in any profession is if you don't like what you're doing, you're in trouble. So, yeah. How long did you practice? So I practiced... Uh, 35 years, so uh, two years ago, um, we had some change in our uh, corporate organization where the company we were was acquired by um, another uh, entity. And so basically, um, I decided that the time had come for me to move on to cancer medicine. Uh, I always liked to teach, so I was always teaching at UNF. I've been teaching at UNF for the last 10 years. So I figured I'd just teach part-time and then do other things uh, to kind of keep me busy. Go more to the beach, you know. Not yeah, yeah, day. yeah, sure. Uh, so I didn't really plan on doing anything actively uh, when I retired from cancer medicine, but things came along. So as they often do, opportunity knocks, and you gotta you gotta go where the opportunities are. So ha- you've done a lot of in the medical field. What was the attraction to dentistry? So it was really a serendipity. So uh, it was by uh, the University of Florida at North Florida. We were doing a project uh, with my students. I projects we do actually take them into a clinical uh, arena and I would often take them to my clinical clinics when I was actually practicing Mm -hmm. to do these uh, projects. So I was looking for a place to do a project since I had basically uh, not working at the cancer center and so my dentist, Dr. Holly Nagy, uh, had an office and she came and said, I'm thinking of expanding into the beaches area. It's my second office. She says, can you help us with that? And I said, sure. Uh, Our students and we'll devise a business plan for you because that's part of the the coursework of the, the, the students Real, and rather brilliant. than business plans this were nothing that's really real this was a real this was business, real. real business plan so this we actually had to do some research go to talk to the people talk to some patients you know uh, indirectly does some market research and then we came up with a business plan and then when the business plan happened she said can you execute it and I said of course <laughs> I can execute it uh, but my <laughs> desire was to create a different platform for dentistry and so that's what I uh, helped her do now, how did you, what, what, what did you do? What was so different? So uh, the general dentist is a, a different concept than just a regular dental, dental office. So uh, my, um, having been in healthcare a long time, the, the two areas that I saw that had great need was, number one was access for patients who get access to their physicians or dentists. 
And the second was kind of doing holistic care. And holistic care, in, in a way, is not just care that's uh, medical, but all the things that surround it. So to make it a pleasant experience for the, for the patient. And so there's patient experience, if you will. So I believe, and having been a dental patient myself, I saw <laughs> that. I thought that the care was given was more fragmented and you know, kind of the standard way healthcare is pretty much delivered everywhere. So the concept here was to keep first was access. So obviously we have two offices, one in Bay Meadows and one in Ogeechee. So geographic emphasis there, but we also open on weekends. So we allow access uh, for patients on the weekends. Now is that by, by um, uh, for emergencies only or you're booking them through the weekends? No, we actually have, uh, we're open on the weekends uh, and then some of will accommodate even after hours uh, for appointments if the clinics are not there. So we're very flexible to the patient's uh, timing. Um, the second thing I mentioned is the experience. And you notice that experience when you came in the waiting mm -hmm. room. We don't have a waiting room, we have a cafe. So we, you come and have and enjoy the cafe while you're waiting to see the doctor. So we really don't have a waiting room per se, it's a relaxation area. It's got nice chairs uh, that are swivel chairs. It more looks like a cafe than it does a standard dental or medical office. Um, and as I mentioned, we have a cafe with you know drinks and snacks and uh, things available for the patients. So it creates a different ambiance, if you will. Um, the second is the, the care I mentioned is often fragmented. So if you need any specialized dental care, you often see the general dentist and then they have to send you elsewhere. Right. And then you've got to check in again, register, yes. all that stuff. And then you're in a different location and it's weeks before you get ca care and you have to make several visits to make the care. So, so we've combined this into one uh, stop care, if you will, where specialists actually come to the office here and we give you specialized care. So are these specialists part of gentle, gentle dentists? Or they're come, or like you said, like for instance, I think of a root canal. You need a root canal, you're going somewhere else. Correct, so we don't, you don't have to go anywhere else to do root canal care here. We have an endodontist that comes in. Currently these endodontists are independent practitioners, mm -hmm. but they are working for general dentists directly when they are on site. So our, our idea is as we get more of this concept geographically, we will actually have our, our own uh, specialist dentist under the general dentist lab, if you will, full time, and they would be able to go to each of the what are some of What are some of the other specialists that you would like to bring in? So we already have uh, endodontists, we have periodontists, so you can have uh, implants done, you can have root canals done, uh, cosmetic, uh, you know, Invisalign, we have experts in helping you do that. Uh, we have um, surgeon that's available so if you need you know uh, complicated surgery we have more surgeons available so so basically we serve all of the subspecialties or problems related to dentistry kind of quick or uh, close at hand if you will so we don't really do those groups we don't think that's a specialty in itself especially in dental surgery so everything has to be So here's a question. I find not just dentists, but other uh, practices sometimes, but I'll stick with dentists in, in this particular one, obviously, that they will practice and they'll bring in things like Botox. And I'm thinking, what does Botox have to do with dentistry and these other types of things? I mean, I even know of um, an, a gynecologist who does Botox and does all these different facial or what have you. What's your opinion on all that? Well, I think it's kind of the, 
trying to be holistic with patient care. So I think uh, cosmetic dentistry is probably one of the fastest growing segments because the patients want it. Because you don't want, you want it to look good. Right, know? right. So you want to look uh, pleasant. So that involves the teeth. Obviously, when you smile, you sure. the teeth. But the other things is the lips that show, right? Mm -hmm. So often the, the Botox is used to augment the lips. Uh, so it's more related to the facial component of that. Uh, and dentists obviously are very familiar with the mouth. And well, the sure. Uh -huh. so, so they're more expert at doing that kind of treatment for that. So, so we're not talking kind of Botox for, you know, neck or, you know, other things that, that could, Botox can be used for. This is more for facial expressions. And so, so it's, again, trying to be more holistic. So you don't have to go to a plastic surgeon to fix your smile. So when you come to a dentist, the idea is I want to fix my smile. I want to look nice. I want to look good. And. Uh, you know, smiles—the first thing we probably notice in most people: the eyes and the the, the eyes and the mouth. Yeah, right. yeah. So the eyes, obviously, the, the Botox is used there also, but we don't do that. Uh, so we, the plastic surgeons, do that, but we fix the smile. So, so often, pe people—it uh, makes sense to do be able to do Botox. I just didn't understand my my idea of Botox was you know the forehead and all these things yeah. that you see on TV. I guess so. I just didn't get it. Dentists don't normally do that. Uh, right. So we don't. Okay, very good. So how is dental care really related to the overall health of a person's body? So we mentioned, you know, look at the psychology of it, right? If you have a great smile, you're going to feel good. You wake up and, and, and then you convey that uh, attitude to that. So your psychology and your well-being is such, an, such, a, such a great part of our health and well-being, isn't it? So I think having a great smile helps, uh, first of all. Uh, but really when we're talking about uh, uh, generalized health, uh, and again, being a medical doctor, I appreciate this because there are systemic problems. You know, right. We're dealing with cancer. Cancer sure. is a systemic disease, so we look at all systems. And same thing with the teeth. So when we dealt with oral cancer, we talked about how it affects the rest of the body also. So really, dentistry has also found the same thing, is that the dental, your dental health determines your overall well-being. If you have chronic infection, your body's going to have a systemic response, so you're not going to feel as good. So if your gums are infected and you have chronic infection in your teeth, you don't take care of your teeth, you don't have that issue. But worse than that is the inflammatory response causes responses elsewhere in the body, namely your coronary arteries. So mm -hmm. people who have chronic uh, periodontal disease have sh been shown to have a higher risk of cardiovascular disease. So that, you wouldn't that. think that, right? So no. you think, well, I need to go exercise and keep my heart in shape, guess what? You need to go brush your teeth. Brush your teeth. Your teeth too. <laughs> yeah. That will keep your heart in shape. That's not something you probably think about yeah. every morning. But that's another great reason. And of course, we'll see a dentist to you know, take care of any problems. Hey, I just brush my teeth and floss them because it feels good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you want good breath and it good feels good. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's a double effort, isn't it? It's Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. does make you feel good because your teeth are clean. And again, that smile and psychology that I spend, that, that there's a good reason to do that for. But now there's also a physical reason for doing that for your well-being. Now, you mentioned oral cancer, something that um, I know that when I go to the dentist, they go, hey, let's check your mouth for cancer. What are some things you can do to avoid, and what are some symptoms of oral cancer? Yeah, there, there are basically um, uh, two major things that are related to oral cancer. One is tobacco. Uh, now smoking uh, normally relates to more because you inhale to the lungs, but it can also cause oral cancer. But really, the tobacco use that we see cancer-related with is uh, chewing tobacco. You know, the sports uh, 
Yeah. Those you know, baseball those, players. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah not to <laughs> key in on them, but there are a lot but, of sports. It's kind of yeah. cool to, to have that, yeah. that uh, you know, thing in the wad in your, uh, in your cheek. And so, uh, but that's really unhealthy. And buccal cancer is very high, not only in America, but also in third world countries. Like for India, for instance, buccal cancer is very common because they use the same tobacco kind of product uh, to put in, in their cheek. Uh, it's kind of cool, uh, it's been traditional to do that. So wow. they're very high risk of oral cancer. So the other other uh, tobacco, aside from tobacco, is alcohol, actually excess alcohol use. Not in moderation, yeah. probably, you know, alcohol is probably okay, but excess alcohol also uh, increases your risk of oral cancer. Interesting. So tell me, what's your favorite part of what you do now? So it's a new adventure. So uh, I think uh, it's also at the beach, so that's very convenient for me. Mm -hmm. I live at the beach, and, and I know a lot of the communities here, so getting the word out and then developing this platform hopefully will make it a regional national platform that will be successful uh, because it caters to the needs of the patients okay what's the one thing that you wish more people knew about their overall health when they're planning for their future um, take care of your health so I think you know uh, number one you should take care of yourself so we have all these lists of things to do look at your list of things you have to do I gotta go to the grocery store I gotta go to work I gotta do this task I gotta mm -hmm. clean this area well, did you put on that task number one is take care of myself yeah so number one on your list should be take care of yourself like brush your teeth exercise you know take a walk on the beach you know whatever makes you feel good uh take care of yourself that should be number one on your list to do list every single day of your life that's so true that's so true so what has made you so successful um well i think um uh, terry parker and my my High school. Yeah, okay. High school, like, like yourself. So you're very successful. So I think uh, we, we have a cadre of really successful people. The education, the training, the cadre of friendships and relationships, the networking we got from all of our friends and the community, living in this community. Jacksonville is a great community that supports its own, pe own local people. Yeah. So I think I've been very fortunate to have a lot of support to, yeah. to uh, uh, and all the ventures that I've done. Now, you know, I'm in real estate, so I work and co-founded the company called Legacy Realty Group in North Florida. So my final question to you is, what would you like your legacy to be? Uh, so it made a difference, you know, for, for many people in, in life. So I think we're all here to make a difference. Uh, so I hopefully have affected uh, hundreds and hopefully thousands of people that I've treated through the years. But the, the adventure continues now in the Dallas area that we're making a lot of difference hundreds and thousands of uh, people in their dental care so hopefully it'll make a difference that way also uh, i'm also involved in many uh, you know community organizations so yes you are so <laughs> also make a difference in other ways so. yeah well dr Periani, i thank you so much for being my guest today and uh this will be this was just awesome i was fascinated by it i learned a lot today didn't know to learn all this stuff especially about the oral cancer stuff i was fascinated by that so there you have it thank you for joining in today to real estate talk this is zelda with legacy realty group north florida hey if you know somebody who's looking to buy or sell real estate give me a shout i trained at stanford so in that in that era we had a lot of young people are using marijuana you know uh and when they got cancer they would continue and and some fun relief i, th I found that older people don't tolerate it as well. If you've never used marijuana before, 
than older people with especially cancer. Did they smoke it or they take it in a pill? Well, or? the only only way you could get them that terror was, was to smoke it. it, and then most people were not comfortable smoking it. No. So the the THC, you know, there's there's been several trials done, so it's not any more effective than kind of standard uh, for can. So I'm speaking on the only on can, cancer treatment. Uh, for pain, it's an, it's that's another story. So for it's been used for cancer for uh, antiemetics, you know, not to throw up and make you feel better. Okay. So it's not any better than any other medicines we have, and there are a lot of other medicines we have that are better and easier to take. So for that, it's probably not got a big role. The other role is now is for pain control, and so there's not been a lot of clinical trials to look at the difference to see if it's any better than other medications. But the problem is we have these opioids that are addictive. Well, our, our marijuana is addictive too. You know, it's a, just a, it's a hallucinogenic Mm-hmm. And it's also a you know mental kind of dependency drug, yep. so it's not any probably any better than opioids, you know. So in that regard, mm-hmm. so but there's not been any good clinical trials to look at for pain control. So there's I'm most of that is anecdotal, you know, people using it and saying I feel better, but some of that psychology too, right? So I just probably. I told you about that, you know, I feel good better with it, just a better smile, you know. Yeah. So it's, it, even if we don't do anything for you, say you have a better smile today, clean your teeth, you, you might feel better, you know. So so there's that placebo effect too. So, so I don't really know the the answer. Question is, the answer is uh, uh, certainly it's if it thinks help. You know, my theory in, in medicine is we don't know everything. Uh, so if you think it helps, take it. Take it. And it doesn't do any harm. So, right, uh, right. so just got to be careful with marijuana. I always heard it that it was it it relieved stress or or the yeah. pressure from from glaucoma. Yeah. So that that actually it works for. It does work for. Glaucoma, but again, we were past that because we have much better they have medicines. great medicines for yeah. it. Yeah, you, a drop takes care of it. Why do you have to yeah. smoke marijuana or take a pill? You know, it's a drop. It's like, and, and the, I, have, I have glaucoma. Uh, so do I. Yeah. So, so we take I. these drops. Yeah, and they take I take care drops, of it, so. and I don't. I, I don't. It's no have big, and it has no side effects. And, oh. Yeah. So in fact, yeah. the thing when I, my eyes are hurting me because I have dry eye too is what I end up doing is I take just a a, a hot wash towel and put it on my eyes for ten minutes and I feel better. Yeah. But you should use the new tear. I use you all those tear? tears yeah, things yeah, too. Yeah, you should. And I have the, tears, fake tears, or whatever you call them, you, artificial you gotta tears. You got to use them. Three, three I need to use them more regularly. Yeah, absolutely. They, they wear off in yes. a few hours. You yes, know, so, yeah, yes. So, so. None of them last all day. Yeah. So, that's what I found. Actually, the last uh, I was having a lot of trouble with my eyes, and it, the I went and saw this great. I have an ophthalmologist, is great, but this optician I went and saw from because I was in trouble having seen she said your eyes are dry but that's why you can't see because it's all fogged that's up true. That's so true. she said you just need to use the drops and it got better and it I does get better yeah. isn't that funny I, I was like I need uh, glasses I need glasses uh, no you don't you just yeah. need to use your drops yes yeah, exactly. amazing how that works yeah. yeah I love my ophthalmologist yeah. we won't name names because we may be on yeah cool okay yeah now that we're all